Lord, we uplift and dedicate all fathers and their families into your loving care. May you be Lord and King in every home. May your love and your word bind all families. May faith, hope and love reign in every home. Lord, may fathers not rely on their own understanding, but humbly seek your wisdom and guidance to lead them in their roles as the head of their family. May each family member give what is due to their old dads, love, honour, gratitude and respect. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. What an amazing prayer. Thank you so much. Um, We've got a a wonderful time coming up now uh, where we're going to have a number of dads come and share uh, their experience of what they've learnt about themselves or God through fatherhood. Uh, But as a bit of an intro to that, uh, I came across a video that I just wanted to show you. Uh, And as I mentioned at the start of the service, I know uh, for many, uh, Father's Day might be a a difficult time. And it was the same for the the young man that's about to uh, share on, on on the screen. And as I was searching for some creative things in the life of this service... I thought, you know, we can do the funny ones, we can do the, you know, the, ki- the kiddie ones and all those sorts of things. But I, came, I kept coming back to this. And I really feel like the Lord's going to speak to us through this video and it's going to lead us into what the Lord wants to say uh, through those who are going to share this morning. We're going to have a number of different people sharing all sorts of different aspects. And my prayer to you is that either through this video or through someone sharing, you might take home one thing that you might uh, take hold of one truth, that you might reflect on something that uh, the Lord wants to speak to you and implant in your heart this morning, that you'd go away changed uh, because of something that's been spoken to from the front this morning. So we're going to put this video up uh, and then I'm going to get the guys to come and share. As a former foster child, Father's Day is always kind of a interesting time for me, especially when I know I'm going to go to church and hear a sermon illustration that describes that God is like a father to me, because I've had plenty of father figures in my life. There were fathers who were caring and fathers who ignored me, fathers who were gentle and fathers who were abusive, fathers who believed in me and fathers who told me I would never amount to anything. And perhaps most importantly, there was my biological father, who was a no-show and has never been a part of my life. And so when people tell me that God is like a father to me, I can't help but wonder, which father is he like? I think this is one of the limitations of using any metaphor to describe God. Imagine with me for a moment that your child has absolutely no experience or knowledge of a cheetah. They've never heard of one or never seen one before. And now you decide to take your child to the zoo and they see a cheetah for the first time. As they approach the enclosure, the cheetah is lazily lying in the sun and walking back and forth and flopping down. And when your child turns back to run to you, you say to him, wow, you're as fast as a cheetah. Your child might think that you're insulting them because their entire experience of that animal is that it's lazy and kind of slow. The metaphors rely on our experience for their power. 
If your experience of your father has been difficult and less than ideal, and then somebody comes to you and says that God is like a father to you, then your image of God is going to be affected deeply by your experience of your father. But what if we looked at this metaphor differently? What if instead of looking at God being like a father to us, we said that when our earthly fathers get it right, they give us a glimpse into the character of God. So when a father is loving and kind, when a father teaches and corrects and disciplines and encourages, when a father is generous and sacrificial with his time, or when a father is running down the road, tears of joy streaming down his face as he welcomes home the prodigal son. It's in those moments, it's at those times that our earthly fathers show us what God is like. So on this Father's Day, I want to say thank you to all the fathers who time and time again show us the character of God. Thank you to fathers who take the time to teach and guide and influence. Thank you to fathers who show us what hard work means and how to live lives of integrity. Thank you to those fathers who teach us what it means to follow God faithfully and who believe in us and love us unconditionally. May you continue to have the courage and the strength to demonstrate the character of God to your children. And may we thank God for revealing His character to us through our Father. Happy Father's Day. great reminder of uh, uh, what we're about today is, is looking at the character of God. Um, I'm going to invite uh, the guys who are sharing to come up and I might uh, set things off with my own sharing. Um, I asked some, some fathers in the life of our church uh, this question that's going to come up. What have you learnt about God or yourself through the experience of fatherhood? And as I reflected on, on this question, um, I just wanted to share something that I've learnt just recently and I probably should have learnt it a long time ago. So I'm being honest and raw in this. Um, and that is that uh, myself, uh, Joe sometimes describes me as a bit of a Peter Pan when it comes to life. Um, no matter how older time goes by, I don't grow up and I'm still, still that younger person. <laughs> Uh, many of you might um, agree with that. Uh, and as I was thinking about this question, I, I was reminded of what my life used to be like before kids. And I used to really enjoy independence and having, you know, being 21 with my own car, I'd surf three, four times a week. Uh, if I wanted to play golf, I'd spend the whole day playing golf with my friends and, you know, there'd be no time limit Things would be very sporadic. You could do things 
whenever you wanted, with there being no routine, there being no schedule, there being no naps, there being no, no responsibility and that sort of thing. And I think sometimes, um, and I'm talking to some, some of the young dads that are just coming up uh, into fatherhood, sometimes we can feel like we need to hold on to that life. Sometimes we think that being a dad gets in the way of that life that we once had. And as I was thinking about this question, um, we need to learn that love actually involves sacrifice. Love actually involves uh, giving up personal gain or personal desires in order for the other that is receiving our love to receive. Um, that it's, it's not about us, it's about the other person that we, we treat others as we want to be treated. You know, Jesus, Jesus shared that. And I was thinking about this and I was watching a, um, a wonderful TV show that I've been getting into, The World's Toughest Race, uh, which is about adventure racing. These, these teams uh, go 670 kilometres in five days of mountain biking and rafting and mountain and climbing up things and all sorts of things. Uh, so there's these teams that are adventure racing and they basically go for hours and hours on like two hours sleep and they just go, 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 go to win this race. And there was uh, this famous uh, Team New Zealand who were the, uh, uh, the ones that were going to win. They're the, the ones that people thought were going to win. And uh, they've all had kids now. And there's this one lady who sort of shared about her experience of being this um, famous adventure racer and now things have changed that she's had kids. So I just want to sort of show that and then I'll hand over to someone else in a sec. After more than eight hours of navigating the slippery rocks and ice-cold water, it has proven a monumental task for these endurance race veterans. I haven't done an adventure race in the last four years. My husband Nick and I had two children. And then I stepped back and took on a new role as being a mum and... That is hard, you know, changing your own identity and, you know, losing that sort of independence. Before kids, I could train whenever I wanted to do. Now, when I am out training, I spend most of the time thinking about how I need to hurry up and get back home again. There's a lot of guilt that goes on, and in terms of preparing myself for the task, it has been really hard. I'm racing with three super strong, super talented guys and I have a lot of doubt in my ability to complete the race to a level that I would be satisfied with. It wasn't that long ago that I was sitting on the couch, you know, breastfeeding. Nine months ago she had a child and she's doing that amazing. But did you hear what she said? Um, having to give up that independence, having to give up uh, what she loved doing because she's now a mum. And that's sort of what I wanted to share with you this morning that I've learnt, is that as I reflect on God's love for me and his sacrifice of his own son for me to have the life and the hope that I have as a follower of Jesus, um, it involves sacrifice. It involved giving up something. And so as uh, we as, as fathers give up, for our children and for our families. We're actually reflecting what God has done for us in sacrifice 
and in, in uh, selflessness to giving to his family. So that's what I've learned. I obviously chose the wrong seat. All right, so... Uh, before I go into uh, into mine, I, I have a quick question. How many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? Ten. Ten tickles. You're welcome. All right. So, thank you, Ben. Someone appreciates good quality uh, humour. All right. So, um, now, when I became a uh, father, I became a father for the first time about seven, nearly seven years ago in November. I think, um, and uh, look, like many uh, guys, I immediately felt this huge sense of uh, pressure, pretty much pressure suddenly kicked in. Uh, for f- I think for mums, it's often maybe guilt, it's often sort of, you know, um, there's different emotions and life change but for for me anyway and I think maybe a lot of guys have this experience it just comes with a huge amount of new pressure that you didn't really think about before um sort of pressure you know financial pressure obviously if you're gonna end up going down to one income for a while or for uh, forever who knows and then um pressures to provide emotionally or to give uh, new emotional support and physical support that you've not had to or you've not really been very good at before or um, maybe anxieties that come with uh, one, whether you're doing things right or wrong. But I think for me um, that sort of inner pressure coupled with probably a few months of really rubbish sleep that everyone has, sort of started to um, sort of eat at my uh, ability to to really enjoy life. So this, uh, you know, suddenly I got this to this place, or maybe it wasn't that sudden, but it felt pretty sudden. It was, I was in this place where I just couldn't feel joy or I didn't feel the same joy that I did. Um, and what I knew was that I wasn't necessarily happy all the time, but I was certainly very tired all the time and very... Uh, confused um, and uh, feeling this kind of pressure. And I think deep down I lost uh, a bit about what... I was a bit lost on what my role as a father actually was. Like, um, you know, I'd grown up with a... My dad was ex-military, so, you know, I knew discipline was one of those things you had to sort of get right. Um, But you can't really do that with a newborn. It doesn't really work. Um, I knew, uh, you know, providing whatever, food, shelter, I don't know, a car that has three room for three car seats or something. You know, I knew those things were important, but isn't it, you can't really extract a lot of joy in being a father by having to take off for 10, 11 hours a day to go and make money and provide those things. So, you know, that was sort of an interesting one and... There was definitely like a sense of relief, um, you know, our child was healthy and our needs were taken care of, but this kind of inner sense of pressure had started to kind of rob me of my ability to to be thankful uh, through fatherhood, to be thankful for fatherhood. And, um, you know, before we had kids, Beck and I um, 
we always valued things like gratitude and generosity and service and the ability to kind of do some of those things and get joy through doing those things seemed to sort of suddenly stop or, you know, I'd missed a lot of opportunities to get joy out of those things and be joyful in those things. Um, and they were real, you know, gratitude, generosity and service have always been a real cornerstone of our relationship, uh, my relationship with Beck and with our relationship with God. Um, so finding my role uh, in the family and the joy of fatherhood wasn't really like a sudden process. I didn't sort of pick up my child and, you know, hold him up to the sun and anything. I just didn't really, you know, there wasn't this kind of light bulb moment. Um, but there was, I, I remember a couple of years afterwards, there was a moment where we had Max and uh, I remember holding Max uh, in the... In the um, you know, the little room they take you to after you've had the baby because they take you out of the room where the people are having the baby <laughs> to the room where it's a bit quieter in the hallway because you can't hear other people having babies anymore, which is nice. <laughs> um, but I remember saying to Beck in that kind of peace, you know, I'm holding Max and he's sort of asleep. And, and I said to Beck, you know, I regret missing so many opportunities to really enjoy being a dad in this last couple of years, and I don't want to do that anymore. And um, so now I'm a father to nearly seven and five-year-old, so I've been dad for about seven years or so. <laughs> and um, <laughs> by, uh, I, I know that I'm probably just at the beginning. You know, my kids are still pretty little. Uh, they're still sort of at a at an age but you know the thing that I um I did discover was I learned how to um the, one of the great joys of parenting is actually showing your kids your heart for generosity or your heart for gratitude your heart for service the things that you value being able to imprint that in their lives and um so when I read uh I've got two Corinthians. Now, I'm probably taking this slightly out of context. Damien, don't chew me out about it. Um, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 2 and 3 says, Your, You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts. And I found that really fascinating, you know, how that sort of speaks a little bit to the role of, of a parent, uh, speaks a bit to, uh, you know, this idea that our children are living letters from us uh, and from Christ. And they are people everyone will know and read our letters through our children, our letters either to the world or, you know, Whatever, whatever it looks like, whatever we imprint that into the lives of our kids. So I love the idea, and it took a lot of pressure because I didn't have to try and be—I didn't have to try and be a new person or try to find some sort of really specific role that I had to play. All I had to do was actually um, show my kids my values and show my teach my kids the things that I love. Uh, and let that be a letter that's on them. So that's what I learn about myself and also about God. I don't always have to get it right. I never will. It's okay to be 
uh, it's okay to feel a bit of pressure, but it's also really important to find a way to take joy from the fact that just being in your children's lives and actually uh, sharing your values with them, whether it's non-verbally through the example, uh, I think Beck calls it something, can't remember now, <laughs> modelling, modelling behaviour. Not a model, but yeah, um, so she, yeah, so you know, it's that sort of whether it's through modeling, whether later on it's when you can have conversations about things that are important and it's that verbal thing, but that's the most important thing I learned. It's about outliving your values for me, and it was about knowing that those things are going to be imprinted on my children. So that was what I learned in the last few years for myself. Correct, uh, uh, not a model, absolutely correct, yep. But I love the, I love the idea that um, modelling is what kids follow, yep. Margie and I have five children. They and their partners and, our, and their children are our absolute joy and crown. What have I learned about God through fatherhood? What have I learned about God? Just three things. The incredible joy we experience in our children gives an insight into the great joy that God must feel about us. Secondly, God was a perfect parent. No guarantee of good outcomes, though, as shown in the Garden of Eden. I'm skipping lightly across that, but there's a lot more things in that, of course. Anyway, I said to myself, Trev, don't be too downcast about some parts of your fathering. You know, God's outcomes weren't that brilliant either. <laughs> Actually, that's putting God down, really. It's, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Thirdly, our family has had our fair share of bruises. Uh, some, in the fa- uh, some in the family have left the faith, but God is faithful and it, it isn't over yet. Hey, it's not over yet. I can see many nodding. Four things I've learned about myself. Forgiveness, sin and annoying habits in myself and in families, as you'll all get, those things are very pervasive. Having children highlights your own shortcomings. Jesus said, well, you know what he said, 70 times 7, forgive. Well, it doesn't mean 490, it means keep forgiving. I learned that in the long run, strong relationships are much more important than achieving short-term goals. Second thing, balance. Got to learn balance. You've got to have truth, but you've got to have love. We've got a sign in our kitchen that says, as Ephesians says, speak the truth in love. Another balance is be wise, but be gracious. Thanks, Pastor David Smythe. Are you here? No. Thanks, Dave. Great saying, classic saying of David. Let's be wise and gracious. Shall we be wise and gracious? Third thing I learnt was get involved. Establish memories and traditions for the family. Establishing for the family was very bonding. When our children were between 5 and 13, we embarked on this ridiculous three-month round Australia trip. It wasn't quite round Australia, half around, up the middle and around the side. It made a strong memory for our family, though it was a bit scary because it was a bit spontaneous. We bought radiators, spares and hoses and fan belts in Port Augusta uh, and we funded the trip by credit card. But it created really great memories and it really helped build, really helped build Team Pillar. I found that 6am lantern walks around Coromandel Valley was very exciting for our younger children, tiring for me and not sure what the neighbours thought about that. But they love, the kids loved it. It's pretty cold mornings at Coromandel Valley. You probably know what they're like. Frosty. Well, and also the last point here is that I'm now the owner of two horse floats that need extensive work. So 
anybody here interested in buying me out of this very high-risk venture, I'd be really pleased about how I got into this, Margaret. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, The fourth and last thing I want to say about uh, learning on myself is anger. Um, There's there's three scriptures. That's all I'm going to say. There's a big, big topic, so I won't go any further with this. Anger does not work the righteousness of God. Be angry, just don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. That's all I'm going to say about it because there's a lot more could be said. Anyway, in summary, I'm discovering how far short my fathering is from God's fathering. He's always faithful, generous and wise and he's keen for us to lean on him. Finally, I discovered the greatest thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. Okay, I guess it's me. All right, well, hello, everyone. Um, first of all, thanks, Sam, for that video. That was, that was really good. I really appreciate that. That guy spoke really clearly and really, I guess, nailed kind of what my thoughts were a little bit. Um, just a couple of things came to mind when Sam mentioned about speaking about Father's Day and God and how um, what I've learnt through the process. I guess the first thing that I remembered is when Heidi was first born, she was our very first daughter, it, it was an amazing experience and um, in the following weeks and months there was just a real amazing softening that happened to my heart and I found myself crying over the simplest little things, you know, seeing something really beautiful, um, yeah, not not upset crying, but just, you know, that sort of emotional, I mean, it might have been those completely sleep deprived for about a <laughs> about a year because that does impact your emotions but there was a real softening um, of my heart through that process and just being able to see beauty and and love and I I really loved those early years um, when Heidi was just really little and uh, that was a really special time. The other thing that came to mind when I was thinking about um, fatherhood and the topic was uh, Proverbs 15.1. It was the first thing that came to my mind and that was a gentle answer turns away wrath anger and um, that video we just watched where he said you know when a father does the right thing when he he does when he acts like God that's showing us a little bit of what God's like and you know I've read the Bible and I've seen what God is like as a father and so when I'm speaking to my daughters whether I'm um, angry about something they've done wrong or whatever I'm saying I, I, I kind of recognize when I'm doing it the right way versus when I'm doing it the wrong way. And um, they, my daughter certainly know I don't get it right all the time. Sometimes I get a bit maybe angry over something which I shouldn't have. And um, when, I, um, when I get it right, though, there's a really great feeling. You know, you've, you've, you've shown what God's heart's like in this situation. And I know that my daughters, one of the things they say they love the, the most about me um, is when they're really upset over something... They they just really love it when I can come up to them and be really gentle and just, um, you know, inside I might be feeling like I need to teach them a lesson, they've done something wrong, but if I can just hold that back for a sec and just be really gentle in how I approach them and um, and sometimes just not talk for 15 minutes and just listen and I've got that point inside me, that thing I want to teach, you know, this is where I went wrong, but no, just if I can hold that back and sometimes I can, not always, 
But they, I know that they really appreciate it when I just have a gentle answer and um, just take the time to listen to them. And that just really builds that relationship. I love what Trev just said about um, the relationship over the short-term uh, point or the thing you're trying to teach or the situation. So, um, yeah, that's all I was really going to share. Um, that, you know, we can see when we do the right thing, it's a real blessing. And, um, and when we don't get it right, we can just ask for forgiveness and, uh, and that's, that can heal that relationship as well. So, yeah, I'm just encouraged that, you know, it's wonderful to have three daughters that I love and, and they love me and we just, um, yeah, just journey through life together. So thanks, Sam. Thank you, Sam. What have you learned about God or yourself through the experience of fatherhood? It's not about me. That's the main thing. I could probably stop there and that's enough. Um, Because when when I saw Sam's text about this, I thought, okay, I'm not a great example as a father. God's a good example. That's probably about all I had to say on that. But I did have a bit more of a think about it and to why that is. And in terms of examples... um, yeah, I guess <clears throat> slightly black humour. Had three children, only got two left. It's kind of a bad... <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but look, in the Bible, I keep looking at all the um, all the stories, especially the patriarchs, and they were pretty bad fathers for the most part. If you look at all the way from Isaac, his favouritism, Jacob, um, the way he favoured Joseph... Even Judah and what went on with his family. Like, it's a mess. You come through to David, David who we sort of highlight as a um, great example. You know, Absalom and who was the other one? Amnon. It's just a mess. You know, his family ended up being a huge mess and destroying the kingdom. So it's a mess. And yet all of those people, uh, they're ancestors of Jesus. So there's a... um, there's a sense of us being bad examples or, or seeing bad examples, and yet God redeems that. There's grace in what God does in all of us as fathers. Um, where we get it wrong, which being you know middle classes feels pretty often a lot of the time, um, he's gracious in that, and, and that's something to be thankful for. There's a heritage that we have. So I know many people here have bad experiences of fathers or father figures, and yet you're all here this morning. You're all part of God's family. Hopefully you all are, or on the way to becoming part of God's family. And that's just something that God is, is drawing you all into. And all of your experiences, what your fathers have done or haven't done, good or bad, is all part of that. And God is making the most of that. Um, probably the only other thing I wanted to say, and this is probably to me, as much as anyone else here is presence, how important presence is as a father, how important it is to be home at tea time when you can, spending time with your kids when you'd rather be doing something else or there's other stuff to do, spending that time builds those relationships and is really important. So I think that's something I definitely need to work on um, and try and be better at. I'm sure the boys would agree. I mean, I asked them what's the best thing we've ever done for them, and I think getting KFC was the answer. <laughs> That's 
like, oh, okay. Um, I mean, it's not exactly something you'd put on your tombstone or anything, but um, I guess it's it's good. But yeah, I think presence is important, and and I think you know we see that with God as well. If you go back to that great video, Sam, um, of God's example, you know, God being an example to us rather than us trying to take our father figures and project them back onto God. Um, presence of God, you know, you know, he just he wants to he wants to know us. He wants to relate to us, and the more we do that, the richer our relationship with him. And that's the same with our earthly fathers. And for, from an earthly father's point of view, we need to do that for our kids is to spend more time with them. So I think that's that's it, really. Thanks, Sam. Thank you to all who shared and trust that you've taken one, two, maybe ten things home from all that's been shared. just really wanted to bless um, uh, the dads in the life of our church right now because we've got a bit of a video that's been put together in secret uh, for you guys and we're going to put this on our Facebook Together page after for those who, who haven't been able to be in here to watch it. So will you be blessed as you watch our kids talk about their dads? Um, she says, um, get him out of bed, and where is he? Um, has hides the lollies under his pillow? Well, his dance moves are very funny, and this is the funniest. What does that mean? What does he do? He works with petrol. Woodworking, gardening, and model making and pinball nails. Me and Daddy likes to play piano and hide and seek and and cuddle and kisses and play cricket. Um, watch the football. Working on his FJ40. Watching Blowing. 
He likes doing gardening and looking after our mini orchard of fruit trees. Raspberry and me. Um, he likes to play tennis with me and also um, watch Star Wars movies. He's cycling. This is a flip for my dad. Good. Thank you for all who participated in that video. Um, I'm aware that we're we're pushing time, but I just wanted to just share one last thing with you, um, and then we we will sing a song. Um, going back to the Eco Challenge uh, videos, there was one um, team that is very experienced and they're all over 60 and they've been doing it for 40 years and one of the teammates got Alzheimer's and uh, couldn't do it and so the son who was training for one of the elite teams to win it uh, sacrificed doing that and set up a team to support his dad who had Alzheimer's to actually get him through uh, the race and he shared one thing about his dad and I wanted to leave um, uh, this uh, time together uh, with what he shared about his dad uh, as we go out from here. So just go put that video on. Below us now is Team Endure, and you can't help but be moved by their incredible story. And, you know, Mark is one of the pioneers, one of the old school of this sport. And he's recently been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and this really is probably going to be his last race. Travis, his son, who's one of the fittest guys out there, he's given up his chance to try and win this, to race alongside his father. Watch this, guys. Watch that. Bamboo. Mountain biking uphill, dad is in his element. He is just a badass dude who can handle just about everything. Dad, pause for a second, I'll unpan that wheel. Yeah, that's bad. Just <laughs> man with it. You feel a little dirt. Being out here with my dad, I kept thinking of this memory of when I was a kid, every night dad and I would walk into the woods taking our, our dogs for a walk, you know darkness in the woods and I was a kid and I, I just remember thinking how can how can dad not be afraid 
walking around here in the dark in the woods. We got bears, we got mountain lions. How can you not be afraid? And I would reach into his pocket and, and grab his hand. And I would get this feeling of, it's gonna be okay, I'm here with my dad and it's gonna be okay. The good news is there's a shower at the end of this somewhere. His dad putting his hand into his dad's pocket in the dead of night in the darkness. He knew it was going to be okay. And I was reminded of the passage from Isaiah 43, and we, we used to sing the song, Fear Not, for I am with you. I was reminded of that song and, and the passage. We'll bring it up on the screen just to, to finish today. That our Father in heaven is like that dad in the, in the woods. And as we journey through all sorts of things in life. We're going to come across obstacles. We're going to come across things that are hard. But if we put our hand in the, the hand of God, uh, we need not fear, for he is with us. Fear not, for I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. And we used to sing, child, <laughs> you are mine. When you pass through waters, I'll be with you. Through the rivers, you shall, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. Uh, we're going to stand and sing of the Father's love now just to finish our time together. But as we do, just let's be reminded that uh, our Father loves us so much and uh, we need not fear uh, the future or, or the journey ahead when we put our hand in His and as He leads us with love and with grace uh, into all that He has for us. So let's stand together and then uh, as we finish today, we want to bless all the men who are here with a chocolate as you leave. So some of the kids are going to give all the men, whether you're a biological dad or a spiritual father in the life of our church, we want to bless you with a chocolate as you go from here. So let's stand together and sing. How deep the Father's love. blessing over all of us as we go out into our day. May we know of your goodness, of your grace and your love as we uh, relate to those family members around us. May your blessing go before us in Jesus' name. Amen. And just a reminder, if you are here for prayer, uh, head into the prayer room. Uh, The prayer team will be uh, lovely to see you and be looking forward to praying for you. And men, grab a chocolate on your way out as well.